Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. We are in the final stretch of our October 2021 Halloween season marathon, and we are wrapping this up with three Halloween movies. And here to join me is my regular co-host, Honeybee. Hello, 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 everybody. Honeybee, had you ever seen Halloween before? So I had seen it, but it was so long ago that I only remembered very small pieces of it. So it was kind of like watching a new movie, but like there were some parts where I'd be like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this. You know what I mean? Uh I said we're doing three of them. So let me specify because there's 12 all together. Oh, there will be be 13 before we're done. Today we are doing the original from 1978. Tomorrow we will be doing Halloween from 2018. Mm -hmm. And then on Halloween itself, we will be doing Halloween Kills, which just released earlier this month on Peacock and in theaters. So there will be lots of spoilers for that one. Watch it before you listen if you care about spoilers yay are you excited for the newest one uh am i excited i mean i've 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 watched it already um i don't want to get ahead of us but um i'm not sure it's my favorite so heard okay well don't say anything else okay so Uh, let me do a brief a brief overview of the series there are as i said 12 films 11 of them are about michael myers Mm-hmm. Halloween 3 famously is not connected to the others. The idea was that in John Carpenter's mind, number two finished it. Myers was dead. Studios wanted another movie, and he thought, well, let's just make an anthology series that centers around Halloween. But each movie will be a different story about Halloween. So Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is not about Michael Myers at all. But audiences didn't care for that. So Michael came back in the fourth one. Uh, and, okay. and stuck it called The Return of Michael Myers. Hmm. Uh, maybe they should have just called it Halloween 4. Sorry about the last one. <laughs> yeah. This series also has four separate continuities. They keep kind of rebooting it. Yeah. So the first continuity is one, two, four, five, and six. In number three, they're watching the movie Halloween on the television at one point in number three. So really five continuities if if you're counting number three (laughs) as its own separate one. But one, two, four, five, and six. Then the second continuity is one, two, seven, and eight. Because the seventh film, Halloween H2O, ignores the events of four, five, and six. And then eight is a direct sequel to Halloween Resurrection is a direct sequel to number seven. Then you have a remake and a sequel to the remake for 9 and 10. So that that is Halloween and Halloween 2. So that's the second movie to be called Halloween 2. It is a sequel to the remake, not a remake of the sequel. <laughs> is that the um, when Rob Zombie did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen those? I have. They're kind of weird. Yeah, I really liked them. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan yeah. as well. So I guess I'm a moderate Rob Zombie fan. Uh-huh. Just the whole thing with his mother and the horse and all that. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then we have the fourth continuity, which is one and then 11, 12, and soon to be 13. So number 11 is just titled Halloween as well, but it could, it's really the third Halloween too. 
<laughs> but they didn't want to call it Halloween 2 when there had already been two other Halloween 2s, so they just called it Halloween. Wow, wow. So wow. even though that one ignores number two, uh, Halloween Kills brings in a few elements of number two. But not the key element, which is that Laurie Strode is Michael's sister. Yeah. That idea comes up in Halloween 2. But they tried to, they wanted to get rid of that for whatever reason for the new ones. So, Halloween 1978. Honeybee, what are your impressions of this movie? Oh, man. Well, you know, I feel a lot of things for this movie because <laughs> I feel like there are so many things in the movie that really define classic horror in my brain. Yeah. Um, and so. I really love it for that. I feel like it is classic. It genuinely is scary to me. Like it's really, it really creeps me out at points. Like it just makes you feel like, ugh, like icky, you know, which I just is, it's supposed to. Right. So, yeah. but there were things watching it now where I was kind of like, ew, this is a little bit strange and weird. Like all of the like teenager sex and <laughs> Stuff like that was a little like, I was like, damn, you know? There's, okay. uh, there's a few gratuitous boobs in this movie, aren't there? Yes, which is yeah. cool when it's not <laughs> high school students, you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, okay. I see. Well, I mean, none of those actors were high school students, but I see. No, but they're playing high school yes. students. I and see then, what you're saying. Yeah, as, as the audience is like sexualizing these like little high schools. I don't know. You know what I mean? You, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, so I, I, there was a lot in the movie. Of course, that like doesn't make sense, right? Right. Um, but I feel like they do, like it's, it's just such a classic mm. that it, I enjoy it. I do okay. enjoy it. But yeah, there are some things, you know? I think for the purposes of pornography laws, we are meant to assume that all of these teenagers are seniors and have had their 18th birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Just, I mean, you know, <laughs> because otherwise it would be illegal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Creeped you out. Watching it feels illegal. I so. hadn't I hadn't even thought of it that way, but maybe it's because to me they don't look like teenagers. They look like twenty somethings or thirty something. Yeah, they totally do. Most of them, anyway. But yeah, I, it was just like, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of like awkward teenage sex. Like I imagined there was a lot of points where I was like, this is so funny that this is what our what we think sex is like as teenagers and what we think is like really like happening and what's actually happening is really, you know, nothing like this, or at least in my experience. Okay. Now I've been, I keep saying that only three people die in Halloween, but that is not completely accurate. Five people die, which is still pretty low. Like so much more though. It really yeah. does feel like more. I mean, that's still pretty low by modern standards, but one of them. So I was just counting the three teenagers he kills on his rampage. Mm -hmm. I was, I was forgetting about his sister that he kills yeah. in the beginning. And there's a mechanic that he kills, but it's off screen. So I, think right. I yeah. can be forgiven for forgetting about that guy. <laughs> But we do see his dead body at some point. So that's the guy he takes the uh, coveralls and boots from. Yeah. And not his underwear, apparently. <laughs> so that, that is the mechanic, Christopher Hastings. The others are his sister, Judith, Annie Brackett, Bob Sims, and Linda Vanderklok. He does not get Lori until <sighs> Halloween Resurrection. And we'll see whether or not he gets her in... Uh, 
Halloween ends. Halloween kills. Maybe I just spoiled part of Halloween kills. Halloween ends is the thirteenth one. That's that's uh, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, yeah. There's there's a thirteenth one planned. So Michael, one thing that I don't know how I feel about it. Michael doesn't seem to have any motivation. Yeah. And I think he is also the kind of the prototype. There were slasher movies before this, mm-hmm. but he's the prototype for the relentless killing machine. Yeah. And it only gets Senseless. worse. Yes. He doesn't seem to have any motivation. Although then, then in some later movies, they start trying to layer on some kind of motivation and some weird shit with some kind of cult that I don't remember anything about. And I don't know if they were controlling him or responsible for him or what the deal was, but he just seems to be killing people just to kill them. And he seems to become fixated on Lori just because he saw her at his childhood home. Uh-huh. He kills his sister when he is just like, what, six years old? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yes, six years old. And for no reason that we ever learn. And then spends the next 15 years in a mental institution. And in the beginning of the film, Dr. Loomis and some nurse are on their way to get him to take him to some kind of court proceeding in the middle of the night. Um. (laughs) And Loomis wants him drugged up as he can be and is planning. It sounds like he's planning on telling them, do not let him out. But when they get there, he's already escaped and he's jumps on the car and throws the nurse around and steals the car and yeah and, heads and all of a back sudden home. in this it just starts pouring rain yeah. out of fucking nowhere <laughs> when they get there the other inmates or patients or whatever are wandering around in the yard so i guess michael has let them all out during his you know escape. like mentally ill people do <laughs> yeah so i don't know what's happened to the i mean they never mention it but did he kill the whole staff off screen how did he how did he get out and they all get out and nobody seems to have noticed yet there is a there is a lot in this movie that doesn't make sense yeah because somehow although he's been locked up since he was six years old he knows how to drive a car yeah he knows how to get back to his hometown he knows how to get to his house and then whenever he's actually doing the killings and such it seems like he's smart in a sense of like how he fucks with people. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so. It seems like he does. You know, ha- know what the hell he's like doing. But uh, you're right. Like, there's no motivation. It's just senseless. Yeah. Things. Yeah. On the, on the other hand, on the other hand, he does not kill everybody he runs into. Uh-huh. Like in some later movies. <laughs> Yeah. He's walk, walking around. He, he's, I get, so apparently he's gone back to his childhood home and is hanging out in there when Lori comes to drop a key off because her father is the realtor. And then he sees her and I guess gets fixated on her. Yeah. I but, think, like, I guess kind of maybe because she's similar to his sister. Yeah. And then they tell us in the second movie that she is his sister. But how would he even know that? How would he have any idea? I don't know. But he starts following her around and just sort of standing around and staring at her. And from his William Shatner mask, uh, another famous thing about this movie is they could not find a Halloween mask because I don't think they were filming around Halloween. So they got this William Shatner mask. I thought they'd bought it in a store, but something I read makes it sound like this was something that was made for a movie Shatner was in. So maybe it was sitting around the prop department and they spray paint it white and cut the eyes out. And he wears this. My favorite thing about this mask is that it has hair. Yes. Uh, 
was just so well, funny. And I haven't seen the movie that it supposedly comes from, but maybe they're they took a cast of Shatner's face and maybe they were making a fake head or something. In which case, it would need the hair. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But apparently, at some point along the way, he stops by the graveyard by his sister's grave. Again, how does he know where that is? And he steals the headstone. And then, what? Drags it around town with him? Puts yeah. it in the trunk for later? I mean, he never takes, takes the mask off. Like, that's the funny thing, too. Is like, yeah. he's just doing these things. With the mask and everyone's just like, morning, good morning, hello, it's Halloween, so I guess that's why he gets away with that. But uh, yeah, we don't ever see him with the gravestone. It just at the end of the movie, he is propped it up in somebody's bed, not in his childhood home, but in a house down the street where he's posed the three bodies of, of the kids he's killed. Yeah. He kills them and then takes their bodies to a different place from where he's killed them and arranges them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like he, that's like his, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but it's terrifying. Right. And so it, it like, especially, I think this is maybe like the second scary movie I saw really, like Uh as a, as a young one. And the, I think the first was like Cujo and then this. And, and so it's like, just it's the shock of like from one scene to the next boom oh my gosh that is terrifying but yeah it makes absolutely zero sense yeah see i didn't see this movie when it came out i would have been pretty young yeah uh 10 years old i would have been 10 years old and i ended up not seeing it until i was a grown-ass man and had already seen countless other much more intense slasher movies okay yeah that makes sense so, and then when i'm done i'm like why he killed three people what is that uh yeah I was, I was miscounting and i was like big whoop and this is part of my issue i don't want to get too much into 2018 but apparently he's this boogeyman that's haunted the town for 40 years but in this version he's only killed five people he hasn't continued to keep coming back and killing people over the course of uh, nine other movies yeah. So I'm just not convinced that. I mean, I guess the fact that he escaped from an insane asylum and was just killing random people make him pretty terrifying, even if it wasn't that many people. Yeah. And at some point, like the sheriff is like, you know, who's in these towns? Families. We are just we are just a bunch of families. Nothing bad happens here in our town. <laughs> And so for someone to, you know, kill anyone is like, oh, my gosh, not here in where are they? Idaho, Iowa, Haddonfield, uh, Illinois, something with an I, I. Illinois. Okay, I knew it was with an I. I couldn't remember. But yeah, so I think it nothing really about the movie makes sense. Like, because it's also a thing is like, is he a human or is he like some sort of supernatural like you say, like like a boogeyman type thing. And I think that um, they never really, it, it never really makes sense. It's just terrifying. It's yeah. just scary. Loomis, Dr. Loomis keeps saying that he's not he's, human, but he is evil, human. Yeah. He, is, he is literally human. I think in some of the sequels, they do start getting into some weird supernatural shit, but uh, not like Jason, who just straight up becomes a zombie at one point. 
Yeah, but they also, like, you see Michael, like, they kill him several times, I feel like. Even in this movie, like, he gets shot and stabbed and all of these things, and he just doesn't die. He just he gets yeah. up and... He gets shot six times and falls off a balcony. Yeah. I will say the human body is a is a funny thing in that sometimes it can just take a phenomenal amount of punishment, and other times a little tap to the wrong place and you're instantly dead. So, yeah. the, I mean, that's just how it is in real life. So I guess maybe Michael could somehow survive all this crap. Nah. Maybe he's one of those people that nerves aren't properly hooked up and he doesn't feel pain. That would, um, would... Would be nice I, if they mentioned that, yeah. Yeah. You could have mentioned that, though. I do want to mention the sheriff. His name is Lee Brackett, and that is the name of a famous science fiction writer and screenwriter. Mm. Lee is a woman who wrote The Big Sleep and Rio Bravo and The Long Goodbye and an early draft of Empire Strikes Back as well as numerous science fiction novels and short stories. Oh, yeah, get so, it, bitch. I feel like uh, John Carpenter must I think he must have chosen that name on purpose. There's no way John Carpenter doesn't know who Lee Brackett is. Sure. This is a rather specific name. <laughs> but I didn't notice any other names like that. Yeah. I didn't. It's not like he named all of the minor characters after... Hmm. Fiction writers. Maybe it's like an inside thing between them. Maybe it's his favorite writer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, know. I think something else uh, about this movie that is, I guess, something that makes it a classic that also like everybody knows, but also made it super scary for me as a kid is the music. Yeah. Like John. the high pitched squealy uh -huh. um, shit like that's scared the crap out of me when I was younger. Like, John you just Carpenter, know, you know? John Carpenter writes the scores for all of his movies. <laughs> his 80s ones are all written on uh, synthesizers. Deedle, do, deedle, deedle, deedle. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You'll, hear that, you'll hear that kind of thing in some of his movies. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what I hated about this movie. It's um, <laughs> one thing that I just really hated that I'm glad didn't go into the next one. Huh. Was all of the like sounds in between, <laughs> like him, like searching for, um, oh, come on. What is her name? I know her name is Lori, but her actual name. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, like she's <laughs> just all of the like, sounds in between <laughs> like i know she's scared and like the breathing and stuff makes sense but i'm like Shh, stop stop doing that stop like it's not like a note like someone needs to um like a director's note like okay um hey jamie could you uh, like less of the uh, in between <laughs> could we just have less of that thank you it's starting to just not be believable right so but yeah, that was like one of the, the only things that I was just like, oh, God, please stop. Please, please stop. Please stop that. This was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's first movie and led to her having a bit of a career as a scream queen, including up to fairly recently when she was in the show Scream Queens. Oh, 
I got to meet her once. She was signing one of her children's books. Wow. At a bookstore in New York. I do oh, not, yeah. I do not remember which one it was, but it's around here somewhere. I, what is the Jamie Lee Curtis movie where she's like in her underwear for a scene and you get to see her legs from like the ground up? Do you know what I'm talking about? Is it True Lies? Yes, it is True Lies. Well, you that's get my that's my first Jamie Lee Curtis memory. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she stands. does. Uh, she does uh, show her boobs in Trading Places. Nice, but not in any of these horror movies. They mention this in Scream. Somebody's talking about you know horror movies and and gratuitous nudity and and. Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Randy points out, no, no, we don't. She doesn't show the goodies until trading places. Oh yeah, that's so hilarious. Every, everybody else has to take their off in the in the horror movies that she's in, and she of course is the daughter of Tony Curtis and Janet Lee. Janet Lee is most well known for being in Psycho, so she was kind of following in her mother's footsteps by being in all of these slasher movies. Tony Curtis, not in so many slasher movies. <laughs> not in any that I'm aware of. And she is married to Christopher Guest. She is Lady Hayden Guest. <laughs> Christopher Guest is a baron. Yeah. Oh. Eighth baron of Hayden Guest. Well. Yeah. Damn queen. <laughs> and she says it's good for getting restaurant reservations and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> fifth. I'm sorry, he's only the fifth Baron of Hayden Guest. Hmm. Very cool. So I am not aware that they've ever been in anything together. Seems like they should have been. Nothing comes to mind. So uh any other key thoughts on this movie? Uh no, I mean it's I just feel like it it is kind of slow, but it it's the it's a classic. I enjoy it. There's a lot of weird teenage sex. The music is good. It's still scary. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's a, it's just a just a classic and nothing more. It is quite slow. <laughs> I was getting is, uh, I was getting a little frustrated with how slow it was. It is slow. Part. I can I can imagine that watching it like as an adult first, uh, it not being as good as like for me. Yeah. I watched. I probably was like, oh man maybe like 11 uh -huh. or something like that. So it was like, oh gosh, like so I watched it. It gave me nightmares. I never watched another Halloween movie until the <laughs> Rob Zombie movie. And I'd never wanted to. I didn't care. I was like, uh-uh, no thank you. And then when Rob Zombie made the remake, I was like, okay. But yeah. So it, it, it was good revisiting it. I liked it. It, it was slow. It just seems like there's a lot of time spent on the details of babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, makes sense because in 78, you know, <laughs> <laughs> 1978, you babysat. You didn't, you didn't, you know, make millions of dollars on TikTok. You had to watch the no. neighbor's kids <laughs> and right. shit. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, I guess that's just about going to wrap it up. All that's left is to give it a rating. How many pumpkins are you going to give this movie? give this movie 3.6 pumpkins. I'm going to give it three pumpkins, which I believe is the number of pumpkins that are in the movie. Because again, they were not filming at Halloween and they couldn't find any pumpkins. So, 
it's just okay. I understand it's important and it's influential and all of that, right. but, but to me, it's, it's just okay. Yeah, I, I would say like a, a 3.6 to 3.8 just for the sense, just for the simple fact that it's a classic. And okay. Yeah. All right. Folks, you can write to us about how mad that makes you that we only gave it three pumpkins at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com or leave us an angry voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg goodbye for now we will not see you but you will hear us next time on monster movie fun time go (laughs) 